0: what happens in Egypt has profound effect on the rest of the Middle East. And that's why I think this discussion is so important.
1: After the Arab Spring protest broke out in Tunisia and Libya, protesters in Tahir Square began calling for the ouster of longtime strongman Hosni Mubarak. After initially seeing Mubarak as part of the solution to Egypt's future, the United States eventually joined calls for Mubarak's ouster. Mubarak was arrested and, as you know, the Constitution revised and democratic processes were set in motion. But two and a half years later, nothing as, as it seemed it would be at the time. Under a democratically elected President Morsi, the Muslim Brotherhood pursued an Islamic agenda, Islamist agenda and governed in an increasingly undemocratic fashion. Following a wave of anti-Morsi protests, the president was then ousted in a military coup with an ensuing crackdown on dissent that has seen over 1,000 people killed. Now Mubarak has been released from prison, Morsi placed under house arrest, the Muslim Brotherhood now banned as an organization. The United States, which had called for Mubarak's removal, has now avoided labeling Mubarak's ouster as a coup in order to preserve U.S. military assistance to Egypt, all while urging a return to democracy. What is the way forward for Egypt and for U.S. policy from here?
2: Look, the the title of this discussion is, Is the Military the Answer? So what is the question? Uh, The question, who can help guide Egypt to democracy? Who can bring the stability back to the country? Who can be a reliable ally for the United States? Clearly, the military is not the answer to any of these questions. And Morrissey richly deserved to lose an election. But I want you to notice that's not what happened. They did not get an early election. And why was that? It was because the military had no concern for preserving democratic procedure. If they had allowed uh, the game to be played out, they probably could have maneuvered the Brotherhood into an early election. And that would have kept Egypt on a kind of a democratic path. Instead, what we see going on now is an effort to reconstitute a kind of authoritarian order with uh, a a bit of a liberal veneer. And so if Egypt is not going to be on a democratic path and it's not going to be stable, eventually it's not going to be a good security ally for the United States either.
3: I just want to add to that by locating Egypt in a slightly broader context and talk a little bit about what in general. You can expect these days if we depend on the military to restore stability and protect U.S. interests in a developing country. The simple, pragmatic, non Wilsonian answer is it never works. After the 2011 revolution, the military tried to run a democratic uh, transition and restore the economy behind a civilian facade, and they utterly failed. Instead, they killed lots of people, they repressed liberal and secular parties, they shut down American-backed NGOs, they persecuted Christians, and they ended up creating the conditions for the electoral victory by the Muslim Brotherhood.
4: Mubarak did rule Egypt for an awful long time. He wasn't a great ruler. But he didn't turn to a vitriolic nationalism that exported wars abroad. He kept the peace. Uh, He was a reasonably responsible player in terms of terror and other things. Jordan has been a reasonably responsible regime. We actually, I think, spent a lot of time trying to prop it up. It's basically a regi- militarily-backed regime. A king is backed by the military and uses it in, in key moments. So I don't think it's so clear that you can't have a military regime that ha- participates to some degree in democratization.
0: The military are in charge. There isn't a Muslim Brotherhood alternative. When we talk about a democratic election, it's important to note that the people who overthrew Mubarak could never organize meaningful political parties, and that's why the Muslim Brotherhood won. It did not have a constitution that was based on a broad effort. It did not work with the judicial system. It was not the military that attempted to reform the economy. It was the Muslim Brotherhood. And they failed.
3: A the choice is a neo-fascist regime. Led by somebody like General Al Sisi, who's starting to portray himself as a new Nasser, who's going to strike nationalist poses, rally the people behind him. That's a very dangerous kind of regime we could get. There's something that looks more like the Assad regime than the Mubarak regime. The alternative, and there is an alternative, is a mobilization of the population through holding an election. Let us let let civilians run in an election. Have a civilian government that has authority over the military. So there is an alternative.
2: Uh, Tony, the Egypt you described, which sort of has no no real political forces or anything in it, it is not the Egypt that I know. I actually agree with Jackson. It's a much more mobilized society. One of the reasons that, you know, we have, I think there's a sort of forgetting what happened during the 18 months of military rule after Mubarak, when the military worked very closely with the Brotherhood and helped to construct conditions, including the way the Constitution was written and so forth, that, that very much favored the Brotherhood coming to power. So uh, we have to remember how, how unwise the military has been about its political decisions here. And uh, and we have to kind of resist this binary choice, that the United States has to either support the military or support the Brotherhood.
0: You can't put Humpty Dumpty together again simply by wishing for democracy. We heard a lot about the problems with the military, they're all real. of course every effort at democracy uh, went down exactly the same route, which is why we have the instability in the region we have today. The economy is something absolutely critical to the ordinary Egyptian. It can't be solved by somehow falling for democracy. One way or another, you have to live with the military. Michelle, uh, what we've heard from Bill
1: and from Tony is the suggestion that somehow the Muslim Brotherhood, as they organized themselves, were able to win an election, but they were not able to govern. And there is no alternative to that military. How do you respond to Bill and to Tony? Uh,
2: Well, first of all, I think that um, uh, this idea that that Egypt is nothing but a military and a brotherhood, again, I, I think this is. I think this is totally incorrect, and I don't think it's a fantasy to say that there's more to Egypt than a military and a Muslim Brotherhood.
1: Jackson, you were making the point uh, in response to Bill and to Tony that in fact the United States, absent its military, its economic aid, would retain influence uh, because of economic interest and because there are vital interests to Egypt at stake here. Do you really believe that if we withdrew all military aid, that the United States would have, would continue to have influence over developments in Egypt.
3: I'm, I don't think it's a matter of withdrawing all military aid as we slam the door and walk away. It's a matter of suspending aid and setting out a very clear set of conditions of what it takes to then have it restored. And then I think if you did that, what you would see happen is what we've seen happen many times in the past, is the regime doing everything in its power to get the aid back and meet our conditions. Well,
1: let's but stop there good. for a second. Michelle, just respond directly to what Tony is saying now about the failure of the Brotherhood and the need for the military.
2: Well, uh, first of all, on the economic point, uh, look, uh, Egypt's been you know, in, in an economic downturn since the, the 2011 uprising happened. And neither the military, when they were in power, nor the Brotherhood uh, took any significant economic reforms. And the current government that's in there isn't doing it either. Okay? They're all afraid and they have political paralysis, and therefore they're not taking the right steps on the economy. And that, you know, it's understandable in a post revolutionary kind of situation.
4: This is actually a useful answer because I think Michelle has made the case, I mean, would now have to make the case based on your answer, that different policies would lead to greater stability than simply sort of a hands-off attitude of leaving the military alone for now, which is basically, I think, what I at least before, and I think Tony. Um, so that's an empirical, I mean, it's a judgment call. It's an empirical question. It's just not, I, but I wouldn't say, I mean, just on, a, on the surface, and I find know less about the details of each than anyone else here, if you ask, like, the tourism industry or the cap people who might invest capital there, I don't think they're going to say, Now they may be wrong, but I don't think they're going to say, yes, a more aggressive stance against the military is what we need to feel like we'll have the stability in six or 12 months go with investments
1: quick question michelle so you don't believe that the military will sponsor elections will allow elections no
2: i think they will i think they will allow elections and i think they do want to push a constitution through i think they will try to be even more exclusive of other viewpoints than the brotherhood was they've got a 50-member constitutional committee with one islamist in it uh, and um, they are you know crushing the muslim brotherhood to the point that if it's able to participate elect in elections at all it will be in an extremely disadvantaged position
3: and i think what we need to do in egypt is to try what we haven't tried which is to actually use our leverage the very substantial leverage that the united states have and the way to do that is to once and for all do what we said we were going to do and suspend aid not walk away not refuse to engage but suspend aid along with a clear set of conditions well, what will it take to get the aid back? And those conditions will not be things that we make up. They will be calling on the Egyptian military to do what they say they're going to do, but to really do it, to have a real democratic election with participation by all sides, to have a uh, civilian control of the military, and to move towards a genuine democracy.
4: I would say more broadly that popular uprisings, turmoil in Arab Spring or in Arab Winter, which everyone wants to happened in the context of, re- of a retreating and weak and uncertain U.S. that's pulling out of the region. Why has Iraq turned out the way it has? I mean, what the most single um, biggest mistake of several, I'd say, that the Obama administration made not leaving forces there and therefore frittering away our hard-won gains. And now we're getting out of Afghanistan, and of course we were in a thorough retreat throughout the region after the Syria debacle um that is not going to be a popular uprising that turns out well i mean it may turn out the way jackson fears it may turn out the way uh, those who were friendly to the military fear on the other side the u.s i mean it's not, it's not an accident that the democratic transitions have turned out well tended to happen in times of u.s when the u.s was getting stronger in the world was forward leading uh, had confidence in its own foreign policy was rallying to its allies and we could then help with democratic transitions in asia and south korea in eastern europe for that matter uh in the 90s under Clinton, once we regained our – after the first couple of years of the Clinton administration, when, when he regained his composure and we intervened in the Balkans, and then we were actually forward leading with the transitions in Europe. Um, I, so I, I, there's a lot we can do, particularly in Egypt, but I honestly believe if people if, – if the region thinks we are weak in a retreat, the odds of a decent outcome go way, way down.
2: Here we may be finding some common ground between the two teams because uh, I, I agree that um, the United States should be – Offering yes, uh, w- suspending its aid, uh, continuing what is now a, a virtual or a partial suspension of aid, and establishing conditions under which we would like to continue it, but also just creating for Egypt a clearer and more appealing alternative. Um, Egypt here, you know, should be should see that it faces two different paths. If it follows a democratic path, if it respects the human rights of its citizens, if it takes the right steps to restore stability and get the economy going again, then uh, it can be a continued security partner of the United States, trade partner of Europe. I agree with Tony that we should, we should have and we should now work much more closely with our European allies uh, and with the IMF and others to, to create an appealing package of assistance, trade facilitation, and things like that for Egypt if it goes uh, along the right path. Uh, because otherwise, if, if Egypt doesn't do that, it's going to go down the path of becoming, uh, becoming a pariah, of alienating the United States, alienating Europe, not bringing back tourists and investments. And however many billions they get from the Gulf states, just to be a recipient uh, of, of Gulf largesse is not going to get Egypt back on the path where it really needs to be.
0: I think we would probably all agree that the United States needs to work with the military under conditions where it both offers carrots and sticks to the extent it can, to move it toward economic reform, toward reform of the justice system, to allowing a political structure to emerge, to move toward a more representative government. The problem is the people in charge right now are the military. They're not the Muslim Brotherhood. And to talk about Amr Musa, who I think polled at something like 7% at one point, is not a clear democratic reality. We're going to have to deal with this as it exists. You cannot talk about policies that are based on sand. You have to deal with the reality. The broader issue, the more damaging one, I think, in terms of U.S. perception, Most of this region is not going to move towards stability quickly. The demographic, the economic, the political problems are simply too deep. It is going to take a lot of time and a lot of American patience. It means working country by country. And here, I think frankly, the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, the Obama government, and I say this as a former security assistant to John McCain, did in many ways what it should have done, and the country team did what it should have done. It used the leverage it had. Where I fundamentally disagree with Jackson and perhaps to some extent with Michelle is the idea we have that much leverage, either in Egypt or most of the region. We are going to need a lot of patience, a lot of strong country teams, the use of aid constructively, not in terms of black and white binary issues we don't have that kind of force or
3: capability